from the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to the sounding board from the Utah School Counselors Association. And this is another segment of Starting Little, Ending Big with our fantabulous elementary school counselors. We have with us Elise Hansen and Jenna James. Welcome, ladies, back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Yep. Always, always a pleasure to talk this dark, cold morning. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're at the stage in Utah where it is just pitch black until eight o'clock in the morning. And it's great because that means my little kids, they sleep. They do not wake up at the buck crack of dawn because it's dark outside. <laughs> oh, man. So today we're talking about red women. Red, 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 red. I, I screw this up all the time. This is going to be a long episode. Red Ribbon Week. Um, some people have in October. Some people don't. And so we're going to buckle down and talk about it real quick. Now, Jenna, before we were recording, you mentioned you guys have it in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, um, so working with Southwest Behavior down here in Southern Utah, we kind of got away from the Halloween um, time to do Red Ribbon for a couple of reasons. So what the research is kind of showing behind that is when you make your Red Ribbon Week a spirit week, then it makes the kids associate drugs with fun and excitement. Uh-oh. And so that's why <laughs> we steered away from that. We so we still do a spirit week, but we make that in connection with kindness week because that is what we do want them to get excited and and make it fun. So our red ribbon week is pretty straightforward. We just mm -hmm. do a lot of teaching. We tie the red ribbons on the fence, which signifies to the community that we're we're committing to make healthy life choices which will protect them and the community we also have them sign of course drug pledges and we do um the classroom doors so you know we've really gotten away from the fun of it and really just buckled down and taught straightforward on this is what you know drugs do to your body and of course that along with that goes your alcohol and your um, smoking, particularly vaping, because vaping is such vaping a is huge. Way. Vaping is huge. Actually, at my high school, this is a pr big predicament. So my, our high school, oh, like back in two thousand and four, it had been a new wing was added. The construction happened, and some additions were made to the high school. And so its original build made it so it had a different blueprint. Now, anyway, because of that, before the the addition happened. There was a vape shop that was built just far enough away from the old high school to be legal. But now it's super close to the new build. It's like just across the street. So we have a vape shop literally across the street from our high school, but we couldn't tell them to tear down their shop because they technically existed before the new high school existed. Wow. Yeah. And that. so it's like, oh, my goodness, vapes are all over the place, all over the place. And then they put like they put THC, they put a concentrate of THC yeah. in the vape modulator. And then some kids, because they're kids, they put in close to lethal doses and end up having seizures. Yeah. 
It's it's a huge problem. And, you know, even just in Washington County, it was a 300 percent increase. Yeah. So we put a lot of focus on that, particularly Uh during the driven week. So I don't know. What's your thoughts, Elise? Well, I know when I've mentioned vaping, there's some kids that will say vaping. What's that? Or what's e-cigarettes? You know, your littles don't don't know. And so we have to be careful kind of how we explain it. But of course, they need to know. Yeah, Um, we know that if they make the decision when they're young to not use, it's going to help them when somebody tempts them when they're older. I know one of the things that I do for Red Ribbon Week, my lesson that week, I know, Gina, you've got some things on safety and you can share that, but I like to do refusal skills. And so every year, that's my Red Ribbon Week lesson is on refusal skills. Mm-hmm. And then after the first year, I teach the Botvin lessons to my fourth and fifth graders, and they have a lot of refusal um, information and how do you, you know, how do you refuse? How do you deal with peer pressure? How how do you teach kids how to refuse? Because that's that's something that I mean, no, but like that's something you don't like think that kid you don't know how to do because as an adult, it's just something that you develop over time. So how, how do you teach those young kids? This is how you refuse. Mm-hmm. So I can share with you kind of how my lesson goes. So we talked to them about the different steps. So someone asked you to do something. The first thing is you want to ask questions because you might have a friend that says, hey, let's go to Maverick. Well, what are we going to do there? Well, I want a candy bar. Well, have you got money? Because if you don't ask those questions, you may find yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable and you don't know how to handle it. If you don't ask the questions, you might have a friend that then shoplifts a can a candy bar or something and then you're with them and what do you do it's kind of uncomfortable so first we say you know when a friend asks you to do something just ask questions so that you're clear you know if they ask you to go to a movie or you want to watch a movie find out what movie it is it there's a chance it could be an inappropriate one so find out and then when they suggest it if it's something that they shouldn't do then um you tell them what's wrong with it. Well, that's stealing. If we And then you tell them what could happen, what's the consequence. If we do that, then um, we could be arrested. We'd get in a lot of trouble. Or we. I even bring out um, that you'd feel bad. If I did that, I'd feel bad. And and I, I'd be worried that somebody would find out. And I just know that it's the wrong thing. So we kind of... Uh, talk about those different options. And then what I love is the leave the door open, which means that you suggest something else. Oh, well, leave the door open, something else that goes, sorry, I I popped ahead, but you suggest another activity. So you could say, instead, um, I've, I've still got some Halloween candy. Let's go to my house. I bet I've got some Reese's peanut butter cups. Let's go, let's go have some of those. And so the leave the door open part is if the if the friend says, no, I'm still going to go to Maverick, I want a Twix or whatever, then you could say, okay, well, if you change your mind, I'll be at my house. That's the leave the door open part. Uh, So it's a way of saying, hey, I still want to be your friend, but I'm not going to participate in that. Or if they, if it's a movie, you can say, um, hey, instead, let's go watch this. That's a scary movie. That'll give me bad dreams. Instead, let's watch this movie. And if they say, no, I really want to see this movie, say, well, okay, if you change your mind, let me know and we can get together. I love that. Just because there's a lot of times when kids think it's 
it's participate or be socially ostracized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's yeah. good to, to talk about how we can politely refuse activities that don't go along with our values slash, you know, drugs, alcohol, bad things, um, while still, you know, like you said, leaving the door open. Well, if you change your mind, I'm always mm-hmm. here, but I'm not going to be involved in the activity. I like that a lot. Yeah. And another thing that's important is that they role play it. Mm-hmm. And so I always play the bad guy, you know, hey, do you want to go to Maverick with me? And and I'll kind of walk through it and I may even have a student come up and role play it. But then I have the entire class role play with me. And so as I play that part, then they all answer at the same time. So we never have a student play the bad guy, the person making the wrong choice. We always have them role play the part where they're doing the right thing. And so in my lessons, I have several examples. In fact, I thought I need to get it on teachers pay teachers so people could just do it. It has the the um, role plays that you can do. So so maybe you can watch for that. It's under whole wellness counselor. There's lots of free resources there. But I'll see if I can get that up. And probably by the time this airs, we could hit get that up. And then it would be done for you and you could just do that lesson. But it has the steps. You guide the students through it and it has role plays that you can do. Now what are now some some brand new school counselors and maybe see even some high school counselors because i'll be honest i don't even know what red ribbon week was for like a whole two years um because it wasn't we did not hit it hard at the high school obviously um but what is red ribbon week that's is that that that's the week for drug awareness right Mm -hmm. drug and alcohol awareness Yeah. drug and alcohol Mm -hmm. awareness um i mean we're talking about you know, talking to our kids early about that. I think a lot of educators, I mean, most of us understand why, but I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of kids, especially as they get older, they really don't see the value of why it's important to talk about these things, these things so early on. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more parents are finding out, well, if I don't talk to about my kids, then they'll just Google it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and the internet does not often tell us a healthy version. Or their friends are going to teach them about it, which is even mm-hmm. worse. But, you know, remind, just reminding everyone, especially, well, all counselors, but elementary, we're prevention specialists. So mm-hmm. our one of our main objectives is to prevent them from, you know, getting involved in some of these things. And um, backing up from what Elise said earlier, I think it's really critical to teach them about peer pressure, too. You know, sometimes just understanding that peer pressure, one, is a real thing. And so when they do face it, they understand what it is because peer pressure can be pretty demanding. It's rough. Mm -hmm. It's way rough. Mm -hmm. I had a I had a girl in my office actually recently. Um, She came in. She's she's in tears and she's like, well, she's a junior. She's like, we went out for lunch and I was in line waiting to pay for my sushi and they're like a local like grocery store where they have like the food on the side that you can just get and and then her friends were like walking out the door gonna leave her they're like come on come on come on she's like i'm waiting come on come on we're gonna leave you and so she just ran off and then she's like i didn't pay for my sushi like are they gonna arrest me like i'm so scared and i'm like hey it's, it's eight bucks um just go back and pay for it but the peer pressure she felt was so heavy that it caused her to make a choice that she regrets that put even more weight on her conscience. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, peer pressure is hard, and it's important for them to understand what it is. And then, like Elise said, then the next step is what to do with it. You know, yeah. what do you do when you're faced with that? Some kids will just say, I didn't know what to do. And so, yeah, I got here. Well, was, with our with we'll our refusal it. skills lesson, we talk about peer pressure, negative peer pressure and positive peer pressure. And Ooh. when you use those refusal skills, that's your positive peer pressure. You're helping your friends to make a good choice, too. I like that one. I yeah. like that one a lot. Speaking of peer pressure, it's making me it's making me think of Harry Potter. Um, in Harry Potter number one, when the main three characters are going out to sneak out to go find the Sorcerer's Stone, and little old Neville Longbottom is waiting for them in the common room, saying, "What are you guys gonna go do? You're gonna go get us all in trouble? No, I'm not gonna let you. No." And like at the end of the school year, when like the house points were all tied, Dumbledore was like, and the last points need to be awarded. It's hard to stand up to an enemy, but even harder to stand up to a friend. I was like, peer pressure. Yes. Refusal skills. Good job, Neville. My little school counselor heart was just bursting with joy. Anyway, not related, but kind of. Um, Teaching them to be a positive role model, teaching them to give that positive, you know, peer. I said, oftentimes when you stand up to that, your friend standing next to you is so grateful that you did because you're, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're all over. Yeah. We're sticking with them. Mm-hmm. And so being a protector of your friends is another important thing. I think. And, and all it takes is one, like if you're in a group of people and one person or a couple of people says, yeah. Hey, let's go do drugs. Hey, let's go vape. Hey, Hey, we snuck in a beer. Yeah. I stole one from my dad's fridge. You guys want to have some beer? All it takes is one kid to be like, dude, that's not cool. People will rally behind that. It just takes one person and it's terrifying to be that one person, but all it takes is one. True. Yeah. And most of the time, like you said, the other kids are so grateful that you said something because they've Mm -hmm. wanted to, but were afraid to. Yeah. And the weight of the world is lifted off their shoulders as soon as someone says something, right? Like the scariest part, it's kind of like skydiving. Like the scariest part is just jumping out of the plane. It's not even falling. It's the act of jumping. The scariest part of standing up isn't actually like like having the conversation. It's just saying those first words, opening your mouth and no, I'm not going to do that. After you get that first sentence out, oh man, we're, we're, we're good. We're easy. Adrenaline is subsiding. The hardest part is just saying something. After that, man, the weight of the world mm-hmm. is lifted off their shoulders. Yeah, true. That's true. And teaching them to be that is, I think, such a critical life skill. You know? Yeah. How so elementary schools, we're talking to kids like kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. Man. So kids as young as five, teaching them to say no to drugs mm-hmm. and saying no. How what is the youngest you've ever seen someone who has used drugs or something because of peer pressure? I am curious. I think one year we had a fifth grader that brought some things from home, maybe fourth grade. I was going to say 10. 10, Mm -hmm. a 10 year old. That's, that is nuts though. Well, it's just, it's wrong. They're not even in a brain development that they can even. No. It's it's infuriating to me that it's ever even an option for that, a kid that young. Yeah. I, I knew of, not granted, I'm from a, like the, this this area of town I'm referring to is a very low low social economic status part of town, um, and that 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 plays some factors into it. But I had a kid whose 
who had attendance issues when he was in elementary school <laughs> and his mom did not know what to do. So she was trying to use a reward system. Um, she gave him a vape pen <laughs> if he would go to school. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? <laughs> that's sad, isn't it? Well, it's just yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, teaching these kids early on red, red ribbon week can be a very fun and a very good way to get kids to learn these coping skills. Because also we, we don't want to associate drugs with being, oh, yay, drugs. Yay. I'm so happy. But we also don't want it to be associated with fear, right? We want mm -hmm. them to know it for what it is and not be afraid of it so that they can just turn it down and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, pornography and stuff like that. The more we talk about it and the earlier on we talk about it, the less likely kids are to participate in it because they know what it is. They're not scared of it. They know what it is. They know how to identify it and they know how to turn it down. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one thing I always try to teach the kids is that you have more power than all of those things. You have more power than the drugs, the alcohol, you know, the smoking, even the pornography. Where you lose your power is when the addiction takes over. Mm -hmm. And so you always will have more power than anything in this world. You just have to say no. You have to stay away from it because, again, the power is only lost once the addiction takes over. Yeah. It's important for them to know they are stronger than any of these things. Yeah. They give <laughs> they give the power to it. It has no power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, one, one note here, as you do the lessons and you talk about um, smoking and drinking and vaping, those kinds of things. Um, kids will raise their hand and say, my, my dad smokes or my mom vapes or my dad chews or whatever. And so a great response is to say, that's tough, isn't it? Remember it's the tobacco or it's the, you know, whatever the item is it, that it's the cigarettes that are bad, not the person. And yeah. when a student says, my mom quit smoking, I'll say you should be very proud of your mom because that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. We want to foster a, a, a culture of kindness and not judgment, but mm -hmm. still being able to set firm boundaries of this is I, I won't participate in these things. And even if someone else participates in it, I, re I respect them, but I will not participate in what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are big. Those are big. Guys, this has been awesome. Any last words about this topic before we close up for the day? Mine is, I, oh, sorry, Gina. I was going to say, meet with the PTA. Um, they do a lot of activities for Red Ribbon, and that can help you. I remember when we decided not to do the dress-ups, um, I met with the PTA and said, okay, because <laughs> I, Gina had shared with me their philosophy. And I thought, I, I agree with that. And so last year we um, changed that a bit, but it's our PTA that decorates the doors and we'll do other things. And so meet with the PTA, whether you have a fun run that coincides with it or whatever you might do, the PTA can be right there on board well, with you. Is the fun run. Um, and then the other part of it is a lot of times counselors were will um steer away from it don't do that no 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 jump in with both feet and just be part of it yeah just be part of it yeah 
I love that. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. And thank you for listening to this week's, to this month's, week's, whatever it is, segment of Starting a Little Ending Big of the Sounding Board of the Utah School Counselors Association. Hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email thesoundingboard at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.